Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Bethel Assembly, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and a blessing to your life. If you want more information about Bethel Assembly, please go to our website, BethelAssembly.info. Thanks again. Um, I'm going to get right into our message this morning. We're talking about the I Am's of Jesus. And this is a great way to go through, this is a great series because it really shows you who Jesus is and um, gives you a glimpse of the man that he was. So if you haven't fallen in love with him yet, go through the book of John and go through the I Am's and hopefully you will because um, if Jesus says it, then we need to pay attention to it. And so these are our statements directly from Jesus. And so um, I encourage you to keep reading, go through um, John as we, as we go through this series. Go through and read along throughout your weekly Bible reading because it's a great way um, to get involved in what's going on spiritually here. So we're, this morning we're going to talk about Jesus. And he says, I am the door. And um, in, our, in our scripture, it will say, I am the gate. Um, but the gate and the door are very similar. And so we're going to be um, talking about Jesus saying, I am the door. Now, everybody here knows what a door is, correct? Yes. Okay. If you don't know what a door is, um, you are in one place and you walk through an opening. And usually it requires opening a door and you walk into another room. And so that is a door. Okay. And so I just want to make sure that we understand that um, this morning. And so all doors have a purpose, correct? You came into this building and you walked through a door. You walked through a door to come to church. You walked through a door or doors to come into the worship center. So <clears throat> when we think about it, doors, they play a very significant role in our lives every day, right? So we walk through multiple doors. And, um, and if you think about it in life, we are walking through multiple doors in life. Some of these doors, um, they may be uh, walking through a door of a new job. Some of them may be walking through the door of a lost job. Some of them could be walking through a door of an empty, empty nester. Some of them could be walking through a door of uh, a newborn or a new parent. Um, you could be walking through the door of a, a rocky marriage, of a failed marriage, of a marriage that, um, that you don't know what to do, or um, walking through the door of divorce. You could, there are multiple doors that we can walk through and that we walk through. And so um, as we go and as we talk about these these doors, I want us to remember that Jesus says, I am the door. I am the gate. So let's keep that in mind. So um, about eight or nine years ago, I lived in Springfield, Missouri, and um, I was at the mall in Springfield. It's a very, very large mall. It was a pretty busy, it was pretty busy that day. And um, I went to the bathroom and I was coming out of the stall. And as soon as I opened up the door to the stall, there was a cleaning lady there and she just goes, not down, but down, and then back up. And she sprayed cleaning spray all over me, okay? So I had just opened this door, and I, bam, I get, like, cleaning spray. And then she just kind of looks at me, and she goes on to the next door. And I was like, what, what, what just happened? Like, there was no one I knew in the bathroom to be like, did you just see that? But I remember it to this day. Like, she did not even recognize that I was there. Apparently, I was invisible. And... Um, I say that to say, well, I thought it was a really funny story, but I say that to say that we can relate through doors that we walk through. Some are good and some are not so good. And, um, and that every door serves a purpose. So 
I want us to take a quick look at John 10, John 10, 1 through 10, and we are going to be reading in the NLT, and this uses the word gate, so just replace that, um, or it can go either way. So John 10, 1 through 10, Jesus is talking here. He says, I tell you the truth, anyone who speaks over, sorry, sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and follows him, and they follow him because they know his voice. They They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they do not know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant, so he explained it to them. I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in in through me will be saved. They will come and they will go freely and will find good pasture. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them rich and satisfying life. So we're going to dissect this verse, these, these several verses, because I believe that there is a lot here, a lot of good stuff here that Jesus is talking to us about. And the first thing that I want us to recognize is Jesus, the, Jesus is the only way to everlasting life. Jesus is the only way to everlasting life. In John 10, 9, in verse 9, it says, I am the gate. Those who come through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. In the NKJV, um, it says, I am the door. Anyone who enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find good pastures. So Jesus is it. He is speaking here to a group of people that are looking for a Messiah. So these people are looking for a Messiah, and they have heard, and they have, some of them may have seen what Jesus does. So Jesus is, at this point, he's walking around, he's, he's healing people, he's going into places where he shouldn't go. He's talking to people where he shouldn't be talking, who he shouldn't be talking to. And then he goes and he tells them, he sits down with this group of people that is looking for a Messiah, and he lays it out for them. And he says, I am the only way to everlasting life. Guys, Jesus is it. He is the only one that we can come to, that we know that we will have everlasting life, that we will have, that we will know that there is good for us. So he is using here a figure of speech talking about sheep and the gatekeeper. And in a few weeks, Pastor will talk about um, the good shepherd, but today I want us to talk about how we can relate the, the gatekeeper and the sheep, because there's something significant that happens when we have the gatekeeper and the sheep. So he's sitting here, and these people, he's telling this story about thieves and robbers, and how um, they came, and they, they came to um, kill, and they come to destroy, and the sheep, they won't follow them. He's saying that there are people that came before him that is false, that is not the true Messiah, but that he is the true Messiah. But these people, they're a little dumb. And they don't really understand it. Like, what? What is this? And so I guess that's how they talk. What? What is this? And um, so Jesus, he breaks it down for them. Because from what I know of sheep, I'm not a sheep farmer, but what I know of them is they're dumb. And they don't have thumbs. 
So they can't open a door. So they need someone to open this door or this gate for them. And, and we, right here in this story, we represent the sheep. Not to, I'm not calling you guys dumb or anything like that, but we represent the sheep because we are essentially helpless without Jesus. And so, um, and Jesus is saying that he is the one, that he is the one that is going to open this door to good pasture. That he is the only one that can open it. That he is the only one that can, that we can have a relationship with them. And he is promising everlasting life. He's promising to walk through the gate with us. He's promising to open up the doors for us. In John 14, 6, it says, Jesus told them, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. So we know, the Bible tells us over and over again, that Jesus is it. That no one can come to the Father. No one can come to God except through him. And so when we think about our lives as Christians, ultimate, the ultimate goal is to be with Jesus. Here on earth, we live a life. We grab those other little dumb sheep along with us and we say, let's follow Jesus. And we go through life and we take as many as we can to go. But the ultimate goal is to be face-to-face worshiping our Savior and to be with Jesus. And to find as many people as we can to take with us. And so when we look at it, we have to understand, first and foremost, Jesus is telling the people here, he's saying, I am it. I am your Messiah. Don't listen to those other people. I am it. So come follow me. Which leads me to our second point. Be careful who you are listening to. Be careful who you are listening to. Did you know for the first uh, for the first 20 minutes that you were on social media, um, after that you go into a deeper level of depression because social media is awesome in ways, but it's crippling in so many other ways because it's, there's so many voices that go into our head and that they grab us. And then those voices produce fear, they produce depression, and they produce anxiety. And one thing that we are facing today in our teenagers is depression and anxiety. And we actually have it down as a prayer point, depression and anxiety, because we have so many people who are growing up, whether you are on social media or not, whether you like it or not, it is happening in our future, it is happening in our culture, and it is all over the world. We can't stop it. So let's use it right. Let's use it for God, right? But not everybody sees it that way. I mean, my daughter goes up to the TV and she swipes because she's so used to that. She's, she's in a technological world where she's so, she's never, she actually told me at a hotel room one time, she pointed to the phone and said, Mommy, what's that? I said, oh, dear Jesus. <laughs> we have failed her. She doesn't even know what a real telephone looks like because it's in our hands. And it's crippling us, and it's using us, and it's taking us, and it's using fear. Because what you're doing is you're listening to those voices around you. You're comparing yourself. Moms, we compare ourselves to other moms. We compare ourselves to other marriages. I wish my husband was like that. I wish my husband did this. I wish my wife did this. I wish my wife did that. I wish my kids were that well-behaved. I wish my kids looked like that. I wish my kids were smart enough to get a scholarship. We start comparing ourselves, and before we know it, our mind automatically goes 
and it turns into something negative, and then the devil uses that, and he just speaks to us, and he just brings us down further and further and further until we are listening to the wrong voice. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheep field rather than going through the gate, they uh, must truly be a thief and a robber. The thief's purpose to, is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich, satisfying life. Jesus is saying that there are going to be people in your life, there are going to be things in your life, whether that is social media, it could be a parent, it could be a grandparent, it could be a friend, it could be a husband, it could be a wife, whether they are well-intentioned or not, there could be people in your life that are speaking the negative voice in your life, and they are leading you, and their voice is getting louder and louder and louder, and Jesus' voice is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Because we're allowing the negative voices to go on in our lives. The difference that we see, and I'm going to tell you how you can know what a negative voice is and what a negative voice is not, is Jesus' voice will never be negative. He will never have a negative thing to say about you. He will never put in your mind that you're not good enough. He will never put in your mind that you're not a good mom. That just because maybe you slipped up once, you're not a good mom. He will never say that. He will say, I have called you to be the mom that I have called you to be and the woman that I have called you to be, and you are so good. He will never say that your marriage is falling apart and to give up. He will never say there's, there's no hope. He will always be a positive voice in your life. How can you tell that he's positive? Because he will bring joy and he will bring peace. The Bible says that he is a peace that surpasses all understanding. He brings joy and he brings peace. How can you tell that there's a negative voice? A negative voice will bring depression. A negative voice will bring anxiety. A negative voice will say that you're not good enough. A negative voice will say, just go ahead and quit. You know, it used to be, um, and it still is, the, the average um, adolescent sees pornography at the age of nine, I believe now, which it just keeps getting lower and lower and lower. And, um, but now we are facing depression and anxiety and teen suicides. It's huge. And why is that? Because the enemy has one goal, to steal, kill, and destroy he has one goal, and that is to bring a negative voice into your life. So I challenge you today, not just, to, not just to push out the negativity, but to really, really seek God to hear his voice. Because sometimes we get so far from him, his voice is so small, that we tend to listen to the voice of fear over the voice of goodness, of peace. I will tell you that um, a few weeks ago, we did a, um, a fast with social media, and at first it was pretty hard. You know, we, we dedicated 20-some um, uh, days to fasting certain things, and one thing that I fasted was social media. And at first I was like, man, whew, that's going to be tough. But um, it was so good because I started to realize the voices of fear and negativity that I was seeing in my life. And I started seeing... Um, you see tons of articles on Facebook that just, they, they just shock us with fear. 
That's just what they do. They just put fear in our lives. And, you know, like you can't take your kids swimming without the, afraid of them dry drowning. Or you can't, um, you can't go walk outside the door because you're afraid to get um, mugged. Or, you know, you're afraid there's going to be a huge natural disaster that's going to be coming our way. It's all fear. And we're letting it get into our lives and we're letting it run our day-to-day and our mind and our thinking. Because if the enemy can't get you in a slip-up that maybe is an addiction or a problem with that, he's going to get you in your thinking. And he's going to get you in your mind. And he's going to draw that fear into you. And so I challenge you to make some action steps to not letting those negative voices in your life. Take action steps. It may be to turn off social media. And I, like, I was talking to some of the teenagers, and I'm like, you did that? Oh, my gosh. Whoa. They're like, I'm a saint or something. <laughs> I was like, guys, no, it was really great. Like, who cares that Sally broke up with Jerry? I don't care. I mean, I do because I don't want them to be heartbroken. But at the same time, God will heal the hearts. But at the same time, it's drama that we don't need in our lives. And so when we listen and we drown out those negative voices, guess what? We are listening and God's voice becomes louder and louder and louder and louder. And we can start to determine what his voice is and what the negative voices are in our lives. And that's what we need to know. We need to know that God is good and he's wanting to lead us into good pasture. Which brings me to our third point. Jesus leads us to a safe place. John 10, 3-5 says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and, follows them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they do not know his voice. So here, I want us to look deeply into this, these two passages of scripture because here we see that the gatekeeper has a relationship with the sheep the gatekeeper knows the sheep he knows them by name he knows them so which means which leads me to think that the gatekeeper talks to his sheep he gets to know them he's not just some stranger because they won't follow a stranger they will follow someone who they know who they trust, and who they love. And essentially, if we look at it, we see our relationship with the gatekeeper and the sheep is the same as a relationship with Jesus and us. Jesus wants good for us. He opens up the door for good pasture, and guess what? He knows our name. How awesome is that? Is He knows our name. He knows who we are. He knows what we've done. He knows what we'll do tomorrow. He knows the the mistakes that we've made. He knows us in and out. And it says that the sheep, they recognize him and they come to him. Guys, when we are in a relationship with Jesus, we should come to him because we know that he is a safe place. That he is a place where we can feel comfort. He is a place where we can feel peace. He is a place where we can feel joy. And then it says, after he has gathered his flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. Let me tell you something. Jesus will always walk ahead of you. He will walk beside you. He will walk ahead of you and he will walk beside you in every single door, every single gate that you walk through. Because he is good and he wants what is good. 
And it says that they won't follow a stranger and they will run from him because they do not know his voice. Are we running from strangers? Not like literally, but I'm saying, are we running from those who we are our negative voices in our lives? I found out a while ago that you know, there are friends that are awesome friends, but may not have the best advice. And then there are friends that are godly. And you can sift out those people because your godly friends, when you are going through something, they will correct you and they will give you the word of God to stand on. They won't just give you your opinion. So do you have these godly people in your life that you can trust, that you can walk through life with, that you know that they are going to be good, that they are going to be good for you, that they are going to be with you every step of the way? Because that's very important. It's very important that we don't let the wrong voices in our life and that we trust God. The gatekeeper must have a relationship with the sheep. And Jesus uses this illustration. He uses this figure of speech because he knows that the people around him, they know they're familiar with shepherding, they're familiar with sheep, and they're familiar of what they need to do with their sheep to get them to follow them. And the cool thing is, is when sheep follow somebody and they, they know that person, they expect that person to lead them to somewhere that is good. They expect that person, they trust that person. They trust that gatekeeper that when that gatekeeper opens the gates, he's not opening the gate to a bunch of wolves. That he's not opening the gate to a, a cliff where they're going to run off the end and they're going to ultimately fall to their death. He's not doing that. These sheep believe and they trust and they know his voice and they run to him because they trust him. Are we trusting God today? Are we trusting that Jesus is good, that he wants good pasture for us? Because the thing is, is when this gatekeeper opens up the gate and the sheep, they see this green field, it's not, just, it's not just a field, but it's not just any field. It's a field that will nourish them, that will prepare them, that, will, that their, their coat will grow and it will be nice and fluffy and you'll be able to make pillows and coats out of it and things like that. He knows that the, the sheep know that that pasture is good for them, that they can feed off of it, that they can, they can grow and they can nourish their, themselves with this pasture. Sometimes we look at God and we think that he's not that good. And we think that, God, you don't want the best for me. Being a parent definitely changes you. And it has made me realize, first and foremost, how selfish I was. And then... How, how much good I want for my daughter and my son. I love them so much, and I want good for them. I want them to grow up nourished. I want them to grow up um, clothed. I want them to grow up as a nice human being. I want them to grow up in a relationship with Jesus. I want them to grow up and have an education. I want them to have good in their life. And no matter how much I want for my children, how, how, good, how much good I want for them, it doesn't even scratch the surface of how much good God wants for you. Because if, we, if you're in here and maybe you had biological children, you're saying, man, that's so awesome how God forms that child from your DNA. But guess what? God formed you from his DNA. 
God has formed us. He knew us. He knew what our, 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 the fiber of our being would be. He knew us. And he says, I want good for you. I'm so tired of Christians walking around, hanging their head down and saying, God doesn't love me or God doesn't want good for me. That is the complete opposite of what the Bible teaches us. That is the complete opposite of what God's word teaches us. Because God's word says that he wants nothing but good for our lives. He wants nothing but to lead us and to guide us and to pull us closer to him and to lead us into that good pasture. God is so, so good. And I feel like sometimes we forget that. We just sang a song about how he is good. And sometimes we can just sing those songs and not really think about it. But in our situations and the doors that we walk through, we have to believe that God is good. We have to trust him at his word. We have to take him at what he says literally because God wants nothing but good for us. Because he promises that he will be leading us and he will be guiding us. Just like the gatekeeper opens up the gate for his sheep to have good pasture, God opens up the gate for our lives to be good. Now, I'm not saying that you won't have bad days. There are going to be bad days where you're going to feel like, God, this is too much for me. I can't handle it. Why did you, get, why did you let me walk through this door? Why am I here right now? I can't do this, God. Yes, there are going to be those days. But I promise you that God will be with you through those days if you allow yourself to listen to his voice. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. If you do not know that verse by heart, I encourage you, to take a hold of it and to grab it and to let it resonate in your life. Because he's saying, Paul here is saying, is speaking, and he's saying that God causes everything. Everything. Your everything may be the worst situation. It may really stink. Your everything may really be bad. But God causes everything to work together for the good of those who not just know him, but love him and who are called according to his purpose. And let me tell you something, we are all called according to his purpose. You may think, well, that's what a, a called according to his purpose. That's a call of God in your life. That's what a pastor does. No, a pastor does have a special call on, on their life, but we are all called to bring as many as we can to heaven with us. We are all called to make disciples. We are all called according to God's purpose because God's purpose is that none perish and that all have eternal life. We are all called to have everything work together for the good of those who love him and serve him. And I don't know if it will work together here on this earth. I don't know. Or if it will work together in heaven when you see him face to face. I don't know. I don't know God's plan. I don't know why some things happen and people think that he's not a good God. But I do know that those are the negative voices in our life that we let, that we listen to. Because God is good. Jesus is our safe place. In verse 4, it reminds us that Jesus walks ahead of us, leading us because he knows our name. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, he knows your name. He has called you by name. And when we know it and we hear that familiar voice, 
if you're married in the room or you have been, you know that there is a familiar voice with your spouse. So when your spouse walks in, if you're in a dark room and your spouse walks in, you hear their voice. It's not like you're going to get up and get your gun or your stick or whatever and try to take care of it, right? Like, well, you might if you had a fight. But ultimately, you know your spouse's voice. You know that it's a familiar voice to you. So we need to get to the point where Jesus is such a familiar voice that we aren't scared. We aren't scared for what the future holds, what the future brings. Um, today, during worship, it didn't happen in the first service. The second service, I was worshiping God, and I just felt that the Lord was saying there are some things that need to be broken today. That there are people here that is really struggling. And, uh, and in that struggle, he laid depression and anxiety on my, on my mind. And I feel like we're, gonna, we're about ready to go into altar time. And I said, God, like, I don't want, I don't, I don't know if this is God. I think it is because I couldn't get away from it. So I'm just going to go with it. Um, but I believe that God really wants to break some chains today. Because let me tell you, depression and anxiety is from the pit of hell. Because it brings nothing but worry and fear in your life. And it brings nothing, it, it shuts out the voice of God. And that's not how we want to live our lives. We don't want to live our lives with shutting out the voice of God. Because your life will be so much better if you silence the, the voice of depression and anxiety and you run to Jesus, who was, his arms are open wide. And we're getting ready to go into a, an extended time of worship. And um, if we could all stand and our prayer partners could come up. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, we want to introduce you to Jesus. He is, he is the good shepherd that we will talk about in the weeks to come. He is a good shepherd. He wants nothing but good for your life. And if you don't have a relationship with him, we want to introduce you into that relationship with him. But if you're here and, and maybe, maybe that struck a chord with you, I don't know. I pray, I pray that, that God does some awesome things today because I feel his presence and I feel that, that he wants to set some people free from depression and anxiety. And I didn't do this first service, but if that is you, I encourage you to come pray with a prayer partner. For those chains to be broken, for those chains to fall down, and for the devil to shut his face and to stop speaking negativity into your life. But if, if you're good and you're saying, I'm good, you know, Jesus and I, we're in a good place. I'm good. Then... I'm going to tell you what we tell our youth every Sunday night. You worship God like no one else is around. You don't talk to the person next to you, and you give him every part of your life, of your heart. Because when we worship God, our, our, human, our human being changes. And he deserves our worship, and he deserves our glory, and he deserves our praise. So as we, pray, as we go into worship as we pray, I encourage you, if you need prayer, please come. We want to pray with you. Let's worship.